0: We'll begin from ayah number 9. Alam yatikum? Has it not reached you? What? The news of min qablikum? Those people who were there before you. Are you not familiar with the nations that passed before you? If you do not know, then you should know. And when you know, then you should reflect on their state so that you can take a lesson. Take a lesson from their lives, from their fate, realize the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that Allah is in no need of mankind. Rather people need Allah and Allah has no need of people. Who were the people of the past? قَوْمِ The people of Nuh. Waadin, And the people of Ad, وَثَمُود And the people of Thamud. All of these nations, their stories are mentioned in the Qur'an repeatedly. وَالَّذِينَ Mimbardi him, <بَعْدِهِم> And there were also those who came after them. Meaning there were also many nations that came after them. If you think about it, the people of Nuh السلام, who were they? The children of Adam a.s. Remember there were only a thousand years between Adam a.s and Nuh a.s. So it was about, you can say, ten generations maximum. Right? So they were the children of Adam a.s. After Nuh a.s, when the storm came, when the flood came, destroyed the disbelievers, who remained Who remained? It was the believers. And this is the reason why Nuh is known as Adam-Uthani, the second Adam. And Nuh was a prophet. So we understand that his children were who? The children of the prophet. Right. Likewise, from there, you know, generations later on When the people started doing shirk Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers And when the people disbelieved, what happened? They were destroyed, but the believers remained So the nations that came after, who were they? The children of the prophets, the children of the righteous So all of these nations, Allah asks us Do you not know about them? Were they not human beings just like you? Were they not children of the prophets, of the righteous people? And those after them also, meaning so many nations, لا يعلمهم إلا الله. None knows them except Allah. No one knows about their names, their time of existence, the place where they lived, what evils they committed, what habits they had, what good they had, what worldly progress they made, their civilization. None knows about them except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, there are many nations of the past whose mention you know, we find in history books or you could say religious scriptures. So for example, certain people are mentioned in the Bible, certain others are mentioned in the Quran. And then there are other nations who were discovered. How? By when historians excavated certain places, then their remains were discovered. So those nations, they came to be known. But at the same time, there are so many people who are lost in history. Lost in history. Their names are not known. Their time of existence is not known. la ya'lamuhum illallah. None knows them but Allah. You know, it's like at certain places sometimes a body is discovered and the remains a scientist say, oh, these are thousands and thousands of years old. You wonder, where did this person come from? Where did he live? What community does he belong to? You wonder about these things, but you can't tell everything. Certain features, because of them, it can be identified that, okay, this person was from this era, from this place, the clothes tell this, the body, the bones, this is what they show, the teeth, this is what they show. But again, the precise details, they're not known. And there are so many other nations that are completely lost in history. La يَعْلَمُهُمْ illallah, Because no physical trace remains on this earth of those people. But it is amazing how people do so many things in order to be remembered, in order to be known. Whether it is at an individual level or at a national level. I mean, some people, they do the most craziest of things. They will grow their nails until they are long and hideous, even so that they cannot move their fingers. Why? So that their name can be entered in a particular record right people will put their lives in danger just so that they can be remembered and known as so and so and so and so nations they establish their power why in order to be known in order to be remembered but what do we learn from here la ya'lamuhum illallah so many people they have no value so many nations no value that they're not even known today they're not even known today. I mean, think about Fir'aun. What kind of oppression he inflicted on Bani Israel. But even today, what exactly his name was? Who was he? Was he the II or someone else? Who was he? You can't say for sure who he was. Right? And look at how his body is carried around from one place to the other. I mean, is this honor? Is this honor? No. لا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا الله. جَاءَتْهُمْ rusuluhum bilbayinat. All of those people, what happened? Their messengers came to them with the clear proofs. Allah sent guidance to them. Through who? Through His prophets. And when the prophets came, they conveyed the message, they also gave proof. So that it would be easier for people to accept the messenger. So the prophets gave proofs, evidences. But what was the reaction of the people in general throughout history? Faraddu. So they returned. Who? The people, when they heard the prophets, they returned, the people returned, because radda is to return, aydiyahum their hands, fi afwahihim into their mouths. The people, on hearing the call of the messengers, on hearing the message of the prophets, what did they do? They put their hands on their faces. Why? When is it that you put your hand on your face? When you're shocked. You're like, oh my God, what is he saying? Like utter disbelief. You cannot fathom as to why a person is saying. You know, he doesn't make any sense. What is he talking about? So the people were literally shocked at the call of the messengers. Was it really that shocking? Was it really that surprising? What is it that the messengers conveyed mainly? Believe in Allah, worship Him. And there's a day of judgment that's coming after your death. There's a day of judgment that's coming, so better prepare for that afterlife. But the people found that so shocking that in disbelief, they put their hands on their faces. Why? Because the lies that they had been surrounded with were so different. What they thought the reality was, was so different. And what the prophets told them seemed so crazy to them, seemed so different to them, that they couldn't believe their ears. They were surprised, they were shocked. Even today, you know when someone is told that I believe in the hereafter, I believe in God, they're like, seriously? You believe in God? After knowing the fact of evolution, you believe in God? You believe that Adam existed? You believe that there is a day of judgment, there is afterlife, that religion is true? They're shocked. And many people, who, the more they advance in their worldly knowledge, what happens? They find faith, Religion, even more shocking. And this is not a new reaction. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us this reaction of primitive people. So long ago, this is how the people reacted to the call, to the message of the prophets of Allah. Also if you think about it, when is it that you put your hand on your face? When you want to silence somebody. You know when somebody is talking away, and you want them to be quiet, what do you do? You just put your finger on your lips. You remember your teacher doing that? Hmm? in class, that when you were talking away, chattering away, you just saw that one finger on the lips, and you knew that that meant, be quiet. So likewise, the people, this is what they did, in order to silence the prophets. Also, when a person is angry, when a person is angry, furious, what does he do? Bites their fingers, their nails in particular. So in rage, in fury, in frustration, this is what the people did. Basically, the message is that, they weren't too happy to hear the prophets. They weren't too pleased when they heard the call to tawheed, when they received the news of the hereafter. They were not willing to listen, they were not willing to accept. وَقَالُوا and they said, Inna كَفَرْنَا Indeed we have disbelieved Bima أُرُسِلْتُم بي. In that which you have been sent with. They said to the messengers on their faces that we disbelieve in what you have said. We disbelieve in what you have brought, we don't believe you, not even one bit. Wa Inna and indeed we Lafi shakin, surely in doubt. We are in doubt Mimna about that which تَدْعُونَنَا you call us إِلَيْهِ to it murib Murib one that makes restless. Meaning whatever you're calling us to, we are in doubt about it. And what kind of doubt? A doubt that's making us very uncomfortable, very restless. You've taken our peace away. You've basically created disunity in our people. You have divided the nation. You have separated brother from brother, mother from son. And this is what happened, right? When the Prophet ﷺ came also, when certain sahaba believed and their families disbelieved, what happened? Families were divided. Friends were separated. So they said, we are very uncomfortable because of this call that you're making. In other words, I said, stop so that we can live in peace. Stop so that we can live comfortably. This religion, this Qur'an, this message, it's really making our life miserable. So be quiet. Don't we hear these words today also? What is it that many people want? That religion should not be mentioned? Religion should not be spoken of? God, the name of God, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should not be mentioned? Qur'an should not be brought up? Why? Because as soon as it will be mentioned, we will be uncomfortable. The mention of religion makes us uncomfortable, so be quiet. Don't talk about it. And you will notice that many times there are people who are good friends. And one person may be very religious, but the moment they start talking about religion, the other drifts away. The other drifts away. The other says, you know what, I'm busy, I have this to do, I have that to do. He starts to avoid his friend. Why? Because he doesn't want anything to do with religion. And this is a reaction that the prophets faced also. But the thing is that when something is important, it is essential. It is important, it is essential. And the other individual is not interested in it. Such a reaction in which you see that the other person is not interested, do you just be quiet? No. Never. This morning I was trying to give breakfast to my children and they weren't interested. You know, they said, no, and they ran away, and they ran away again. I didn't say, fine, don't eat. Because I know if they don't eat, what's going to happen? I'm going to face a very difficult child the whole day. Why? Because they're hungry. So, just because someone is not interested in something good, you don't become quiet. If one approach doesn't work you, try another approach. And this is why the prophets were so persistent that despite the rejection they faced, despite the opposition they faced, they did not give up. They responded when the people raised their doubts, when they questioned, the prophets answered. Qalat rusuluhum, their messengers said. Now you may notice qalat qalat literally means she said. Why is she being used for the prophets? Because the word rusul is a plural Okay, and remember there are two kinds of plurals. One is sound plural, salim, and the other is broken plural, jam mukassar. Okay, sound plural is that plural that is made by adding wow noon at the end. For example, mu'min. What's the plural? Mu'minun. Muslim. What's the plural? Muslimun. And these plurals are always easy to remember. All right. You know what I'm talking about. On your test, when you have to write the singular forms of certain words and you see a wow noon, you're like, easy. Just remove the wow noon, just remove the ya and you have the singular form. This is jamr salim. The other kind of plural is jamr mukassab, the broken plural. Why is it called broken? Because the singular word, it breaks up. It doesn't remain sound anymore. So, for example, rasul. Rasul is the singular form. What's the plural? Rusul, the word completely broke up. Where did the wall go? Where did the fatha and the go? It got changed. Alright? So, broken plural. Now for broken plural, for jam mukassar, many times, remember, many times, not always, many times, the pronoun that is used for it is feminine. Okay? The pronoun that is used for it is feminine. Not because the noun itself is feminine, but this is a rule of the language. That when you're referring to a broken plural, you will use a feminine pronoun in order to refer to it. So, قَالَتْ رُسُلُهُمْ Rusul is? Is? Feminine how? The prophets? No, they were men. The word itself. Why? Because? It is a broken plural. So قَالَتْ رُسُلُهُمْ Their messenger said. أَفِي اللَّهِ شَكٌ؟ A is fi in Allah. Allah shakun doubt. Meaning seriously, you doubt Allah. You doubt His existence. Is this something to have doubt over? Do you realize who Allah is? He is Fatir, the originator, the one who began. What as-samawat wal the heavens and the earth? He is the originator of the heavens and the earth. He is the one because of whom the sky exists and the earth exists and you exist and your mom exists and your dad exists. Fālṭi li-samawatī In other words, where did you come from? If you don't believe in Him, then where did you come from? Do you doubt your existence? No. You don't doubt your own existence. Then how can you doubt the cause of your existence? The one who brought you and everything into existence He calls you. He is inviting you so that he can forgive you. He is calling you so that he can forgive you. because you see human beings by nature. who are they? خطأون. they are sinful. they make mistakes. Even you know a person who's far from religion far from religion, there will be times when they will feel guilty. When they will feel bad. When they will feel regret over what they have said, over what they have done. Right? Every person, regardless of what religion they are from, what background they have, there are times in their lives when they feel horrible over what they have done, the mistake that they have made. Now, different religions that people have or philosophies of life that they have, You know, they have different ways of dealing with their mistakes. If a mistake has happened, this is what you do. If a mistake has happened, this is how you move on. So, for example, in certain religions, you have to go, you know, to a particular place and go in a confession box or I don't know what it is and you confess. You confess. Before who? A human being. That you have committed a sin. That you have committed a mistake. Other people, they think, if you've made a mistake, nobody knows. Forget about it. Hmm? Forget about it. Just enjoy the rest of your life. Whatever has happened, has happened. Move on from it. Forget it. But any person who has some reason, he knows that if I have made a mistake, then I can't just forget it. And this is why it haunts them for the rest of their lives. Likewise, it doesn't make sense that why should I have to go before a human being and tell him about what I've done. I don't want any person to know because they're going to start judging me. Right? But what do we see? That here we learn يَدْعُوكُمْ Allah is calling you to forgive you. He made you. He gave you everything you have. He loves you. And if you've made a mistake, go to Him and say sorry, and He will forgive you. Because وَمَن يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Who can forgive sins but Allah? No one can. Only Allah can forgive sins so يدعوكم لِيَغْفِرَ لَكُمْ مِن ذُنُوبِكُمْ وَيُأْخِرَكُمْ And He's so generous that He's deferring you, He's delaying you. إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّىٰ Until a specified time. And what is that time? The time of your death. That He has given you, you know, your life to live in this earth. إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّىٰ And He's testing you as to what you do. قَالُوا They said, such a simple, clear message. The prophets gave to their nations. What was the reaction? قَالُوا THEY SAID, إِنْ أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا You are nothing but men, but human beings, just like us. Because they couldn't really refute the prophets, right? They couldn't really defeat them in argument. So what excuse did they come up with? Oh, you're only a human being. They belittled the prophets by saying, you're only a human being, there's nothing special about you. So why should we listen to you? Now if you think about it, did the prophets ever claim that they were not human? Any prophet of Allah, did he ever claim that he was not human? That he had some superpowers? No. Even if a messenger of Allah performed a miracle, like for example, Isa السلام, he performed amazing miracles. What did he say? I do this, how? Bi idnillah, With the permission of Allah. The prophets of Allah never ever showed to people that there were some, you know, something else, not a human being. They always showed their humanity because they were human beings. But the people they objected in antum illa basharum mithluna and they said turiduna. You only want Sudduna that you stop us, sadd that you prevent us. Amma from that which kana yabudu abauna our forefathers used to worship. Meaning, all you want is that you want to stop us from the worship of our gods that our forefathers have always been worshipping. فَأْتُوْنَا بِسُلْطَانٍ مُّبِينٍ So bring to us a sultan that is mubeen. Sultan meaning an evidence, an authority, a proof that is mubeen, clear. Meaning, we want to see something more convincing. We can't take your word just like that because you're just a human being. We want something more convincing. So show us a bigger proof, a greater proof. قَالَتْ لَهُمْ رُسُلُهُمْ What was the response of the messengers? They said, illa basharun mithlukum." In not, "Nahnu we illa basharun men like you." And of course, we are human beings. We never said we were not human. We were angels or we were something else. Of course, we are human beings. Mithlukum like you. Now, after seeing this statement of the Quran, who can doubt? Who can say that the Prophet of Allah was not a human being? This is clear. The Prophets of Allah were all human beings. innahnu نَحْنُ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ وَلَكِنَّ الله But the only difference is that Allah Yamunnu, He shows favor عَلَى مَنْ يشاء on whomsoever He wills من from His servants. The only difference is that Allah has shown favor to us. And what is that favor? The favor, the blessing, the gift of prophethood. The gift of knowledge that He has given. That He has given. Yamunnu ala Ribadi. Wama and with regards to what you said that bring us something more convincing, it is not possible for us, and that we bring you, Bisultan with any evidence, illa bi idnillah except with the permission of Allah. Because we are human beings, we are his servants, we have been sent by him. We can't show you a miracle from our own accord, it will only be possible if Allah sends it. وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَلِيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ And upon Allah, let the believers rely. Meaning we rely upon Him, our Lord, who has sent us, whom we believe in, and we hope and expect that someday things will change, they will improve. Now in all of these verses, what do we see? That this is how generally every prophet conveyed the message and this is the reaction that he faced generally. All the prophets. Whether it was Musa السلام, Isa alayhi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and before them Prophet Hud السلام, Salih السلام, every Prophet of Allah, whether we know him or we don't know him, this is what typically happened. That the people, they had no excuse, no reason to reject the Prophets. The one thing they said was what? You're a human being. You're a human being. So bring us something more convincing. This doesn't convince us, bring us something more convincing. Remember when Musa a.s. went to Firaun. What did Firaun say? What did he say? That if you have brought some proof, then show it to us. Musa a.s. didn't go into the court and first thing, you know, threw the, the staff on the ground so that it would turn into a snake. No. First of all, Musa salam spoke to Firaun. Okay? Firaun said, who is this Lord of the worlds that you're talking about? Who has sent you? And Musa salam explained to him who Allah was. And then back and forth, back and forth until Fir'aun said, show us some proof. Musa a.s. showed him proof. Fir'aun even got scared from that snake. He ran away. But then what happened? He didn't accept it. He said, we will compete with you. And he sent for all of his magicians and they came and you know what happened. And Musa ﷺ, he defeated them. But again, did Fir'aun believed? No, he didn't. So the prophets, they showed the miracles, they gave the proofs. So was it that the truth was not made clear to people? Hmm? Was it that the reality was not made clear to people? It was made evident. It was made very clear. But unfortunately, people choose to believe in what they like. They believe in what they like. Not because it is true. Not because it is based on facts. But because it suits their desires. It suits their lifestyle. It's more supportive of them. This is why they believe in it. Now it's amazing how you see this in general. And even these days. I mean the facts are not hidden. They're not unknown. But the oppression that's going on all over the world. But yet you find it amazing that how is it that people can support oppressive ways? How? Do they not see the facts? Do they not know them? Of course they know them. But why is it that they turn away from it? Why? Because they don't want to accept it. They like to believe in that which suits them. In that which will support them. And unfortunately Muslims are also culprits of this. That when zulm is going on and we have the power to prevent it, we will not even open our eyes. Why? Because we know if we take any kind of action, it's going to come against us. So we want to protect ourselves. We like to ignore reality just because reality does not suit us. And this is the height of pride. In these verses, you can see that by the responses that the prophets of Allah gave to their people, the character and the focus that the prophets had so like in the previous verse, in verse 10, the people couldn't come up with a good argument against the proofs that the prophets brought. So they focused on something completely irrelevant, the fact that the prophets were humans. And they asked for signs because they just, they needed an excuse. They wanted some time to wait for. In the response, the prophets, they claimed, you know, they're like, we never claim to be anything but humans, right? They accept the fact that they are humans. They didn't like think of themselves as something greater. They never thought of their mission as something to be proud of. Right? And again, they brought their focus back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're like, okay, you know what, fine, you want signs? I can only give it to you by the mercy of Allah. So they brought it right back to their main focus that it is through Allah that we have whatever we do. Yes, And many times it happens that you're discussing something with someone and they go off track. right? So for example, you're talking to them about something in the Qur'an and they start attacking you for your Qur'an recitation, for example. Or that you also listened to music once upon a time, or that you also did something five years ago. They try to go off track. And this is actually you know, a very big attack of shaitan. And it's very important that you stay focused. You stay focused. And this is what we learn from the darwa of the prophets.
1: As-salamu alaykum. I remember I was reading something online once
0: and somebody was writing that um, religion is just a thing of the past. We're in the 21st century. Like it's time to advance. But then now you look at these verses and the people, they also want to stay away from religion. And they were like, no, this isn't right. They just want to follow their desires. And they do the same thing now. And they said, you are only preventing us from the ways of our forefathers. Meaning from our culture, from our tradition. This is what you're preventing us from. So... This is not a new reaction. Now, what's amazing over here is that the prophets of Allah, they did not feel ashamed in acknowledging their reality. The people said, oh, you're a human being. And they said, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And it's possible somebody says to you, oh, you suffer from this problem. And you have that bad habit. Yeah, I'm a human being. I'm imperfect. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect in any way. It's very, very important to admit, to acknowledge your shortcomings. It doesn't mean that you go and publicize them, but you admit them, you acknowledge them. And it's very important to not pretend that you are perfect. Because we are not perfect. We do make mistakes, we do err, we do have a lot of you know, mistakes in our record. Accept it, acknowledge it. This is part of being human. And this is part of being a good servant of Allah. Because, you know, in our hadith, we learned that the believer is nassa one who forgets a lot. One who forgets a lot. But at the same time, he's also one who repents to Allah a lot. He makes mistakes, and he also repents to Allah a lot. So this is a quality of a good slave of Allah. He acknowledges his imperfection, and he turns to Allah seeking his forgiveness, seeking his help, And this is servitude. So the Prophets had no problem accepting their reality. وَمَا لَنَا They said, and what is for us? Meaning, why should we not? أَلَّا نَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ That we do not trust upon Allah. Meaning, what reason do we have for not relying upon Allah? Yes, things are getting tough. The opposition is increasing. The oppression has also intensified. Only a few people have believed in the Prophets. And what is it that the Prophets say Wa Allah mu'minun? On Allah should the believers rely. And they said, Why should we not rely upon Allah? while Hadana Subulana. While He has guided us to our ways. Subul plural of Sabil. Allah is the one who guided us to this way. And yes, now that we're facing problems, we're facing difficulties, we rely on who? Him. For solutions, for answers, for improvement. Remember, in life, whenever there is any difficulty, any test, remember that Allah put you in that situation, in that test. And He has the ability to make you survive, to guide you through that difficulty. But it's only possible if you turn to Him, rely on Him, ask Him for help. You know, it's like they say, if Allah has brought you to it, He will take you through it. He will make you go through it also. But rely on Him. Depend on Him. Seek help from Him. So, وَمَا لَنَا أَلَّا نَتَوَكَّرَ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَقَدْ هَدَانَا He is the one who has guided us. He is the one who has told us to do this. So if problems are coming, only He can bring solutions and look at the words of the Prophets. And surely we will definitely be patient. Alamaitumuna over that which you inflict on us. You give Adha to us. Who are they saying this to? The disbelievers. Adai tumuna from Adha. What is Ada? Hurt. Meaning, whatever you are making us suffer, O people you are hurting us, physically abusing us, socially, you know, in different ways you are opposing us, we are definitely going to be patient over that. And we're not relying on ourselves for that. mutawakilun. Again, on Allah, should those who rely, rely upon. We rely upon Him, but our job is to be patient. Look at the firm determination and resolve of the Prophets that we will definitely be patient. Think about it. If we are ever going through some difficulty, any kind of problem or some difficult task, some difficult work, what is the most difficult thing to do? Sabr. Right? Sabr. It's the most difficult thing to do. But it is that one thing you need if you want to survive. And if you want to, be successful life is difficult it is tough and the difficult situations in life are many times beyond you you have no control over them so for example in a certain you know situation you may have a lot of different things to do a lot of responsibilities that you cannot get away from you cannot avoid there's no other alternative you will have to deal with it nobody else will do it for you like for example when a woman is Pregnant, she's giving birth, can her husband share the pain? Can her mother take half of the pain? No. Who can only go through that pain? Only she can. Right? Now, what is that one source of strength that she needs? Sabr. Remembering that this will pass, this will be over. Hopefully this will not kill me. Right? This is sabr. And saying only that which is appropriate. Saying only that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with. Not any words of frustration and anger. Nothing like that. Sabr. So when a person does sabr in difficult situations that he cannot avoid, when he does sabr, then what happens? What happens? He can survive. And when he will survive, at least inshallah he will have some reward. And if a person does not do sabr, then A, he's miserable inside the work is not getting any less, the pain is not getting any less, it's there, it's present. But the greater loss is that he's losing reward also. So look at the resolve of the prophets, Walla We will be patient. We will be patient. And this means we will not give up. We will not give up. We will be determined. And we will tolerate, we will bear everything that comes our way. And you know, whatever you tell yourself, that is what you start believing in, and that is what you start doing. So whenever things are getting tough, tell yourself, "Wala نَصْبِرَنَّ wala نَصْبِرَنَّ Go ahead. Um, the only way you can be patient over a situation is when you've accepted it. Very true. The only way that you can be patient over a situation is when you have accepted it. When you're not in denial. When you've accepted it. Yes, this is my responsibility. Now I have to deal with it. I cannot avoid it. This is part of the package. And when you've accepted it, then sabr becomes easy. And when you do sabr, then going through that difficulty becomes easy. Right? There are stories that you hear of, you know, of women screaming and screaming, and for example, through their labor. But does that screaming help? Does it? You could scream like crazy and curse your father and curse your mother and curse your husband and curse your children, but it's not going to reduce the pain. You're only going to look crazy. Right? Sometimes it's amazing. If you hear stories from nurses, the kind of things they'll tell you, it's amazing. And how they are getting upset with people who are not being patient. So when a person does not observe patience, he looks basically, you know, like he's out of his mind. So sabr is expected of every sober person. <laughs> okay? And when it's for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Allah's way, then it's also a source of immense reward, great reward. Recitation of these ayat.
1: (laughs) أَلَمْ يَأْتِكُمْ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ قَوْمِ نُوحٍ وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ لَا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا اللَّهِ جاءتهم name بالبينات فردوا أيديهم في أفواههم وقالوا وقالوا Jamie's كفرنا بما أرسلت به وإنما لفي شك مما تدعونا إليه مريب. قالت رسلهم أفي الله شك فاطر السماوات والأرض. يدعوكم ليغفر لكم من ذنوبكم ويؤخركم إلى أجل مسمى قالت لهم مرسلهم إن نحن إلا بشر مثلكم ولكن الله يمن على من يشاء الله من يشاء من وما كان I don't know if you اللهَِّ a Christian كل على الله وقد هدانا سبلنا one who is مَا one who is the